0: Hi, welcome to the Genesis Podcast. My name's Jesse, and today we'll be reading Genesis 25. Abraham married another wife, whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Joshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shuah. Jashkan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Ashurites, Letujites, and Leomites. Midian's sons were Ephah, Epher, Hanok, Abia, and Eldah. These were all the descendants of Abraham through Keturah. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son, Isaac. But before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to the land in the east, away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years, and he died at a ripe old age, having lived a long and satisfying life. He breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in a cave of Mechabalah near Mamre in the fields of Ephron's son of Zotor the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hittites and where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac who settled near Beer Lahorai in the Negev. This is the account of the family of Ishmael, the son of Abraham through Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian servant. Here is a list by their names and clans of Ishmael's descendants. The oldest was Nebaioth, followed by Kedar, Adbil, Mib, Sham, Mishema, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jatur, Nafish, and Kedemah. These twelve sons of Ishmael became the founders of the twelve tribes named after them, listed according to the places they settled and camped. Ishmael lived for hundred thirty-seven years, then he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants occupied the region from Havula to Shur, which is east of Egypt in the direction of Ashur. There they lived in open hostility towards all their relatives." This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian from Paddan Aram, and the sister of Laban, the Armenian. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. The Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins, but the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked. And the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve the younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and was covered with thick hair like a fur coat so they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born, with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. As the boys grew, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob one day when jacob was cooking some stew esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry esau said to jacob i'm starved give me some of that red stew this is how esau got his other name Edom, which means red all right jacob replied but trade me your rights as the firstborn son look i'm dying of starvation said esau what good is my birthright to me now but jacob said first you must swear that your your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn son to his brother, Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Now, this chunk of scripture has a whole lot going on in it. We have Abraham with more wives and his kids. Then we find out he died and was buried near his wife with his family. Then we have Ishmael's family line and a background into what's going on with his life. And then we start to zero in and slow down again as we turn back into a narrative. And this is where I want to hang out. Isaac had now prayed for Rebecca, who he loved, to have a child because she was barren something his mother was as well. Isaac was probably well acquainted with the stories that his mom and dad would have told him about pleading with God for him and their mistakes with Hagar and his brother Ishmael. And I have a feeling that he went with the prayer route because he probably knew how the other route worked out for his dad. So he prayed and God provided as he had on the mountain in chapter 22. Another story Isaac was very well aware of Not only did Isaac and Rebekah have a son, but they had twins. In verse 23, we see that the Lord provides some prophetic poetry about who these kiddos in her womb are going to be, which we will see in the next story to be true. God says that the boys will be divided. One will be stronger than the other, but the older will serve the younger. Then Esau is born first, and Jacob is following along, holding his brother's heel. The author is trying to tell us something here that the younger, Jacob, is going to be in constant competition with his older brother to be the firstborn. This becomes a pretty major theme for Jacob in the rest of this narrative. Anyway, from there we go to see that this Jacob kid cannot be trusted. First he attempts to be the firstborn by literally pulling his brother back into the womb. I kind of picture it like two brothers in a race running across the house or the backyard and one brother's pulling on the other brother's shirt to pull him back. They're literally racing with each other, and this is just to be born, so they can lord it over each other. And then the author tells us that these boys were very different. Esau hunts and was a big man of the field covered in hair, whereas Jacob is a man who's quiet and he dwells in tents. He's a homebody. Isaac prefers Esau, and Rebekah prefers Jacob. Talk about your sibling rivalry. And then we get to this bizarre story that's apparently years later where Jacob tricks Esau out of his birthright because Esau happens to be really hungry. This is a little crazy, it makes no sense, and it seems a little stupid. Who would get rid of everything just for that short-term satisfaction? So what we see here is a man who lets his short-term appetite control his entire future, and it appears that he's a little dramatic in the process saying things like, look, I'm dying of starvation, I can just hear the drama, he's so tired, he's so exhausted, and his dumb little brother just won't let him have any food. So Jacob, seeing his brother's flair for dramatics, and probably knowing that his brother is really hungry, decides to play a little bit of a trick, and he, in contrast to his brother, plans and finds a way to get what he needs. And what he needs and wants is to be the firstborn son. So he decides that's what he's going to do. He saw something of value, and in the moment, his brother did not. He didn't take the birthright necessarily, but he also didn't gain it in the most honest of ways. And I think this is a way we can pose this. Will we give up things of importance for short-term appeasement of our appetites? Or will we give up the soup in favor of the birthright of grace? Jesus tells us that we must count the cost of following him and take nothing for the road when we go out. And that probably means we'll get hungry or tired or annoyed or lazy or any emotion that you can think of that would be negative and would make you want to go the easy way. We're going to experience that. Jesus knew it. Or... Contrastly, when we experience those things, will we say no to those short-term appetites, allowing our true food to be Christ, the only one who allows us to never thirst and never hunger again, who provides true rest to us all? This reflection might be a bit of a stretch for you, but let's run with it. When you see this story, do you identify more with Esau, starving for something to feed you and running to the first bowl of lentil soup you can see? Or are you like Jacob? striving always for the lasting truth that leads to life i pray that we can be wise in our choices allowing the bread and water of life to always be our first choice that we may not fall into the first thing that will fill us and ruin us down the road but that we would run to the cross and we would run to jesus knowing that in him is our birthright our inheritance and everything we could ever need Father, I pray that you would always fill us, that you would give us the strength the strength to turn away the soup so we can get the blessing. I pray that we would search for you and wrestle with you like Jacob, always asking questions and searching, but always for you. We love you, and I pray that something within your word today would speak to us. In your name, amen.